Really, productivity is about the marriage of intention. So what do you intend to do? And then how are you going to pay attention to it? So productivity to me is about intention plus attention. Because attention management, you know, that's a very personal thing, right? That is Mike Vardy, a productivity strategist, the founder of Productivityist, and the creator of productivity methodology known as time crafting. He has been featured in many publications, including The Globe and Mail, Forbes, Inc., Fast Company, and more. Mike had also developed successful classes on productivity and time management for Skillshare and Creative Life. He lives in Victoria, BC, Canada, with his wonderful wife, delightful daughter, and super son. You know, in the last episode, which is 052, I was talking about we are stepping to the new season, new year in Jewish calendar, or spiritual speaking. So I cannot find a better time slot to place Mike and my conversation at all. I mean, this is it. When everybody, no, sorry, not everybody, when a lot of people out there, they probably only plan their new year, I don't know, in December, or some people only wake up January 1st, I want you to get ready, so ready for your 2019. Key lessons from this episode. What is the real productivity mean for him as the expert in this field over a decade? Time crafting versus time blocking. What's the difference between the productivity that we kind of know in the corporate environment versus as entrepreneurs? His framework about time crafting will answer this question for you. You know those moments that you know exactly what you need to do, but you just cannot bring yourself to do it. Have you ever experienced that? He also shared with us the common pitfalls for entrepreneurs when it comes to productivity, the top three to five pro tips for solo entrepreneurs as we plan our daily activities versus long-term goals. Are you ready to be super productive for once? I know I am. Now, let's check with Mike. Welcome to the Christian CEO Podcast. I'm Katie Bother, and I have built an impactful location independent business since 2008 with plenty of rejections, English as my third language, and lots of God's grace. Each week, we will be sharing relevant and direct advice or inspiring interviews with one intention. It's your time to go pro with your marketplace calling. Now, let's get to it. Hello, Mike. It's so happy that you come to the show. Hey, Kelly. Thanks for having me. Well, uh, I remember that we met uh, last November, right, in London. Mm -hmm. And yep. uh, uh, actually, before that, I got to uh, admit, confess, I already is the secret distant admirer, you know, <laughs> to uh, watch, uh, you know, in distance and listen to your podcast and also, uh, you know, um, went to your website and especially Chris. Chris is my personal uh, 
business mentor for a while, and then he always say, "Well, if you meet that guy, you need to talk to that guy." So, <laughs> <laughs> Chris is a great guy. I mean, Chris is—it's funny. Um, you know, Chris Ducker. Uh, he's in my head a lot when I make business decisions. You know, when I was when I was raising my coaching rates. Uh, and I was thinking about what my rates were going to be the old, I, I could hear his, his accent in my head going, don't apologize. Don't apologize asking what you're worth. I'm like, Chris, like I get it. Like, it's just, <laughs> you've got this guy it is had this dulcet tones, uh, ra- radiating through your head. So Chris is a great guy. He's a really good friend. And I, and I, I, I mean, he's helped so many people. Yeah. He always said double it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But he's, he, I mean, he has helped so many people. And uh, I mean, I know he's got the the conference, uh, the Upreneur Summit again in November in the UK. I'm not going to be able to make it this time just because of other commitments. But uh, you know, if you get the ch- if anyone listening gets the chance to go, uh, it's the value is incredible. So you should get you should go absolutely. Okay, Chris, you heard this right. We're gonna we're gonna <laughs> charge you. You're gonna sponsor this episode, okay? Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, Mike, we are in this entrepreneurial field, I mean, is not shortage of information talk about productivity, right? And right. but yep. uh I think we all kind of we are in this field uh long enough. We kind of also figure it's not everything what out there the what they teach works for each single one of us. So I'm curious, I just want to ask you what is the real productivity mean for you? So it's funny because a lot of people, and it, I mean, as somebody who studied productivity for the better part of a decade now, uh, you know, I mean, most people, when you first get into it, you're thinking, oh, it's about being efficient or mm-hmm. it's about being effective. And and that's a part of it. But I, I think that that's, that comes later. I think that productivity, and it, productivity isn't about getting as much done as possible either. Uh, it's about uh, intention. I believe productivity is about the marriage of intention. So what do you intend to do? And then how are you going to pay attention to it? So productivity to me is about intention plus attention because attention management, you know, that's a very personal thing, right? I mean, you could look at all the different articles out there, all the different books, and they're going to talk about time management, but time is such a big thing. And it's one of those things that we really struggle with because we feel we don't have control over our time necessarily, which is again, a bit of a fallacy. We have more control over than we think we do. And it's, it's very quantifiable, right? You know, time equals minutes, equals seconds, equals hours, equals days, equals weeks. But but attention is very subjective. You know, how much attention are you going to pay to something? We we live in a world where our attention is being taken away from the things we really should be focusing on to other things that maybe we shouldn't be. I was I was reading an interesting article um, by Jason Kotke at Kotke.org, and it was relating to what Oliver Berkman wrote about the idea of reading your news later. Like, so for example, instead of keeping up with the news cycle, the day that it happens, uh, check in uh, two to three days later, because your reaction time, your attention is going to be a little bit more uh, measured. You're not going to be as reactive. You're going to have, you're going to have some time to kind of process it. Because the other thing about productivity is when you think about intention and attention, a lot of that requires conversely, slowing down, taking Mm -hmm. time to, to sit with something and then making the right decision as opposed to just going forward without having a plan in place. So I think no matter what, uh, you know, philosophy, no matter what app, especially no matter what app you use, I think it's about what are my intentions? So is your, if your intention is to, you know, build a thriving business and that's a big project, but let's say your intention is to run a great webinar. Okay. How am I going to pay attention to that intention? And then everything kind of funnels towards that. So 
Um, don't think about productivity as being efficient. It mean, being efficient about the wrong things is not productive. Being effective about the wrong things isn't productive. But being intentional with what you're doing and then paying attention to those intentions, I think that's where the real productivity lies. Wow. I think we can. We are writing a rare about the podcast right now. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 a bit of, it's a bit of a shock to the system. Like I kind of <laughs> when I talk about productivity, it's like, wait a minute. Wow. My goal is to like kind of like sh shake you up a little bit and change your mindset a bit about it, because a lot of people don't they, they don't think about it that way. They think about it as checking off as many boxes as possible. So no, my goal when I talk about it is to kind of mess with your mindset a little bit or, and, and, you know, throw convention out the window a little bit and also kind of shock the system. So that whoa is the reaction I'm looking for. Awesome. So I'm I'm, I'm happy that at least um, worth of your time, I hope. <laughs> but I guess part of the reason that we thought of not only the all the entrepreneurial productivity books and talks out there talk about check off as many boxes as you can uh, equal mm -hmm. to productivity. But also I think, because personally, for example, I came from a corporate executive background. And that that's a problem too. Uh, don't you think so? In the corporate world, they they almost they even have a, like a productivity system, and they just basically talk about equal to efficiency. Yeah, they they don't think. I mean, I think what happens is that they put the cart before the horse. So they say we need to make all these things happen. So let's try to shoehorn a system in to try to make that work. Or they'll or they'll. I mean, a lot of corporate. Uh, or environments use uh, tools mm -hmm. with the assumption that that's going to make people more productive. But the problem is you're dealing with human beings. Yeah. And some human beings are much better at using paper and pen. Mm -hmm. Some human beings are better at using, maybe they're more proficient on their mobile devices. Maybe they're more proficient on a Mac over a Windows machine. Like when people ask me what kind of app should I use, I, I say, I don't know. And they look at me like I've got two heads. I said, what do you mean you don't know? You're a productivity expert. You're a strategist. Like, why do you not? Like, because I don't know. Like, are you more paper? And, are you more analog? Are you more digital? Like, I need more information. Mm -hmm. And the problem in a corporate world is that that information is not nearly as accessible because they th their goal is to create, is to produce, is to deliver to the bottom line. And it's funny, um, when I talk about the idea of, you know, time crafting, which is the methodology I teach, it's about, you know, Crafting is something that you hone, you know, if you're a craftsperson, you are always working on getting better at your craft. You don't stop. You, I mean, that's what a craftsperson does. If you're an actor, if you're a creator, if you're a, if you're a, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, your goal is to be a craftsperson because you want to build things better. You want to optimize, you want to make things better over time. Whereas with, when in corporate environment, it's, it's tr strictly about what, in most, I, let, let's let's not generalize here. It's about what what is the bottom line? How mm -hmm. can we? How are we going to deliver value to our shareholders, et cetera, et cetera? Whereas some of the, the the better organizations, the better corporate environments, like I came from Costco. That was a corporate environment I came from, and Costco is revered as one of the better corporations globally because they pay their employees really well. Incredible benefits. My wife used to say when I worked at Costco that I didn't, I didn't work in the real world. Quotes because <laughs> I'm like. I'm like, oh, I have this day off. Doesn't everybody? And she goes, no. I'm like, oh, I've got, th uh, you know, paid sick days. Doesn't ever? No, not everybody does. Oh, I've got full benefits. Well, good for you. No, not many people have that. I get paid really well. Like when I left Costco, I actually strategically stepped down mm -hmm. so that when I left Costco, so I was a manager and I was, that's where a lot of my time management stuff manifested because I was trying to manage one area of a warehouse and another area that were very different types of businesses. So I had to 
that's kind of where my entrepreneurial bug got got kind of um activated. I guess, poked, poked. Yeah, activated. That's a great word to use. <laughs> so um so one was very much like the food court where you go and get the hot dog and the pop. Like that's very much a reactionary impulse by business. Very few people, I can't say nobody, because some people did just come in to get the hot dog and pop. But very, very few people <laughs> went in there with the idea that let's go to Costco to go to the food court. I mean, it's not McDonald's, right? Like you don't go there necessarily to eat. It was just the thing you did as you either came to the, the warehouse or you left. But then the other part of the warehouse I ran was the the service deli business. So that's where you're making like the the homemade meals and things like that. And those require, those aren't impulse buys. Those require strategic scheduling of, okay, we're going to make it on this day. And that way, when we, we, that we know that we're going to pull the old ones off the shelf in five days. So we need to make sure we make new ones three days before that. So there's a lot of manipulation. So you're, you're doing both a proactive and a reactive business. I think that's where a lot of my stuff came from. But when I stepped down from management, because Costco was such an interesting environment to work for, is I was able to go from full-time manager to part-time guy at the door welcoming people. Because I took control over my time and said I didn't want to be a full time person. So uh, Costco is a very was a corporate environment. Um, there's lots of great corporations that that look at the human side and say, mm -hmm. look, we the people are if we don't have if we don't treat our employees well, if we don't realize that we should play off their strengths rather than their weaknesses, then we're not going to survive. And that's why I think a lot of entrepreneurs come from is they're like they were in a corporate environment. They realized that they weren't they weren't either being valued or they weren't being um, uh, they were being under underutilized or misused and they start their own business. Uh, I think that what happens is we work objectively when we first become entrepreneurs, because that's what we're taught. We're taught like, OK, we've got to make this. We've got to do this. It's very, very objective. But we don't look at things like how do we feel? You know, like when is my energy level at its best? Like yes. A lot of people, you know what I mean? Like I'm a night owl. So I am better at creating things from like, yeah, you're a night owl too, right? Yes. Yeah, we talked about this. Yeah. So we live in a, we live in a world where the morning, you know, the early bird is like revered and, and the, and it's, it's unfortunate. I can't go to Chris's conference in November. I almost because, feel second class sometimes. Yeah. 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 Cause Hal Elrod's going to be there. And I'd love to, him and I, the funny thing about Hal Elrod who wrote the miracle morning is I think that, that we both talk about the same things when it comes to being a morning person and being a night owl. He just does it at three in the morning when he gets up and I do it, you know, at, at nine o'clock in the morning or 10 o'clock in the morning when things are starting to go. But I think that so but you can organize your tasks in a way that leverage your your circadian rhythms, your body clock. So if you start to organize your tasks instead of in some sequential order or by project, if you say, hey, you know what? Like I have this mode in the morning called maintenance mode or maintaining mode from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m where I am just doing things that are low energy. So I'm probably, I'm, I'm getting into some emails. I'm doing things that don't require a lot of brain activity. A lot of, they're really like things I could do when I went, a lot of stuff when I was sick over the past few weeks, when I had a cold, I did a lot of that maintaining work because my energy level was low. Yeah. So I did the quote, quote, the bare minimum. But then in the afternoon, like from two o'clock to four o'clock, I call that my making mode. So from two to four, I'm writing, I'm doing videos. I'm, and then in the evening from 10 to midnight, that's when I'm in musing mode. So I'm doing like brainstorming, planning, journaling, even meditating. So I, I'm, I'm able to uh, – and there's a great book called The Power of When by Dr. Michael Bruce who actually maps out, you know, mm. are you – there's a quiz that says are you – and he uses different terms. So he says are you a lion, which is like the early, early birds. Are you a bear, which is more of like a nine to five type of person, which most people fall into. Are you a wolf like us, Kelly? We are like the, the people that are up late at night. 
And then there's the dolphin, which is the person who kind of has a hard time sleeping and their their sleep patterns are very uh, erratic. But it, he actually walks through and says, OK, when is the best time for a wolf to, uh, you know, propose a, to do a sales call or to, you know, have an argument with somebody? And and he says, you know, like so for me as a, for exercise, a great example would be for me to exercise 6 p.m., which most people go, well, that's when you have dinner. I'm like, no, that's when that's when we are we have been taught to have dinner. That's like dinner time. But for somebody like me, that's not a good time. For me, dinner time is better at eight o'clock. So what I do now is when we have dinner at six o'clock with the family, it doesn't mean I, I don't go sit down with my family at dinner. I just sit at the table, maybe have a light snack. And then at eight o'clock, I'm having a full meal. So it's a very, when you start to pay attention to things like your energy levels, uh, you know, the, um, the time you have, like if you organized your tasks by five minute tasks, 15 minute tasks and 30 minute tasks. Or if you want to use something like the Pomodoro technique, 25 minute tasks, mm -hmm. you could do that. And here's the great thing about it, Kelly, is you could do that. A good corporate environment or a good company environment will play to that, if, which is I've gone into corporations and said, hey, look, what it, does it matter when you're when this this particular task gets done just as long as it's done before the end of the day? Well, then let the night owls do it when they're best suited and let the morning people do it. Or, hey, you've got two meetings and you've got a half hour between meetings. Instead of going into something like email, which is what most people do between those meetings, look at your task list and go, how many five minute tasks can I get done in 30 minutes? Because then they're directing their day. They're defining their day. Mm -hmm. They're funneling. They're able to make every moment matter more. And it, you could, whether you're, and even if you're an entrepreneur or a corporate environment or whatever, you can do this. You can craft your time to make it work for you. And what I love about what I teach is that there's no, there's no absolute way to do it. Like if someone says to me, I don't do it this way. Like, I don't think I can theme my days. I'm not going to say, well, then you're not time crafting. You're not doing it right. Whereas so many productivity methodologies, which I know you've looked at are, if you don't do it all, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. And then you, you feel, you feel shame. And then you just go back to old habits, like managing your tasks through email or just looking at them in a sequential order. So I think that you need, we need to be gentler. We need to be more um, human about our approach to our to-do list because not everything can be done by robots or by machines because we need the human interjection. So I think that, that if you're coming from a corporate environment, the freedom you get when you become an entrepreneur instead of, and we need that freedom, we need a framework. Because the worst thing that can happen when you come from a job and then to all of a sudden become this entrepreneur is like, I get to do whatever I want now. I have all this freedom. It's kind of like when you leave high school and you go to college as a kid and you're like, okay, all through school, bell rings, you go here, you do this, you're told what to do. Then you go to university or college. It's like, hey, do whatever you want. Show up. Don't show up to class. Fine. Don't do this. And we've taught our kids that we're going to help them all the way through this process. And then all of a sudden they get to college and it's like, you're on your own. And they're like, well, we but we need a framework. So mm -hmm. I think as, if you're if you're coming from a corporate environment and the framework was too rigid or it wasn't personalized, you should say, okay, how do I want to organize my tasks so that my intentions, which is why I'm starting a business in the first place, which is and, and chances are you're starting a business so you can have a little bit more work life harmony. Mm -hmm. How can I how can I spend more time with my family? How can I you know make enough money that that, that I can live without feeling like I'm you know you know hustling all the time then you could pay attention, you find ways to pay attention to it. So there's, it, it's really interesting. And I know I kind of went on a bit here, but it's such a, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be an if or, if or it can be, or if then it can be a, all right, 
if you work in a corporate environment, you can use some of these within the corporate environment if you want. Yeah. And you should. But you can also do that once you leave the corporate environment. It's it's almost more important that you put a framework in place because otherwise you will end up drifting into directions that you don't necessarily want to go in. Yeah, exactly. No, that's fantastic because I often um, mention to my clients another thing about time is also we say, well, everybody got 24 hours. But it's, yep. it's more like manage ourselves in time, and which is what which yep. is what you mentioned about. You know, we have to watch uh, the energy. And the other thing is, I think not many people talk about it. Also, the different seasons of life play a role as Absolutely. well. Right? Absolutely, and that's that's why I think that when you're doing this kind of work, when you're putting a framework in place, that journaling is a really important thing to do. Like, like it's not just about doing. Because doing productive puts you in that state of, you know, I'm just cranking the wheel. You want to be productive. It's about being, right? You know, when you're when you're dealing with kids and one of the things they teach you not to do when you're as a parent is you don't say you are you are bad. No, because if you say you are bad, then kids believe that they are bad and it, they internalize that. But if you say you are doing something that is bad, that's something that they can fix, mm -hmm. right? Because Saying that you are bad means that there's a whole bunch of stuff they have to search through. But if you're saying, hey, this one thing you're doing right now, this, you know, poking your sister in the shoulder constantly, that is a bad thing that you are doing a bad thing right now. They can look at that and go, oh, I guess poking my sister is a bad thing. I shouldn't be doing that. So I, I think that when you when you start to reflect and that's a really important part, that's why meditation is really, really key and and self-care and journaling is part of that. There's, an, there's a reason that there's an app called the five-minute journal and there's that five-minute journal notebook. It doesn't have to be a 30-minute exercise or a 25-minute you know, or an hour. You can do it in five minutes. And again, there's no wrong way to journal. I mean, I, I have journal entries that just have one line that say still have writer's block. But it's the consistency of doing that, like that don't break the chain mentality of saying, hey, you know what, at the end of the day, and you and I would be more suited to do journaling at the end of the day, because we empty our heads and then we can actually get some sleep. Some people are more apt to do it in the morning. Here's the thing. It doesn't matter when you do it. But to be able to look back at, you know, July 13th, 2014, and to be able to say, what did you do? And just look at the calendar and say, oh, I don't know. I had a doctor's appointment. But if you were able to go to look at a journal entry and say, oh, I went to the doctor. It says I have a great clean bill of health. It says I could probably stand to lose. Some. All of a sudden, you've got some context. You've got something. And you could put things like feelings in there, which we we need to talk about because mm -hmm. it's why we it's it's often what motivates us to do things in the first place you know so so i think that that reflection piece is really important that journaling and it's it's again if you're going to do one thing if if i'm going to if i'm going to suggest anything to your listeners right now if if no matter what productivity p system you're using apps it doesn't matter start journaling like start just because it's going to help you course correct a lot easier it's like if you're a star trek fan uh, the, the thing you always saw on a Star Trek episode is the captain's log. And it was like, captain's log, here's where we were, here's where we are now, here's where we're going. And they did that every day. Why? Because if they waited a week, all of a sudden they go, here's where we are. We we should be here. We went way off in another direction. <laughs> and now it's going to take us that much longer to get back. And by the way, if you do journal every day and you follow, like, say, getting things done methodology or you're doing even even my time crafting methodology – when you actually do a full on review, like, hey, I'm going to look and really do a deep dive, you can go back and read those journal entries and get more connected to it. It's almost like you're doing a mini review every single day. 
so that when you do do the bigger review, it doesn't seem as daunting. It's not like, oh, I can't do a review because it's going to take me forever. You've actually been doing little bits every step of the way. Yeah, well, I feel like I'm talking to a brother because I've been journaling since, I don't know, probably now over 30 years now. And yeah, yeah, it, it's it, it really helps. Is sometimes you go back and then you just like you said, you can able to go back and see w- what kind of state of mind then, mm-hmm. and then yeah. see how you know how that I have gone through or how I have grown and stuff like that. So, I have a question for you, Mike. And this sure. this actually happened to myself, and recently also brought up uh, in my community and also in Chris's community the, of the entrepreneurs that mm-hmm. somebody asked this question in the webinar, say, do you have those moments that you know exactly what you need to do? You need to get certain tasks done. You even know what to do, but you cannot bring yourself to do it. Yep, yeah. And, and, it, and what do you think? Why? And, and if you have ever <laughs> that, how you conquer it? Okay, so it still happens. It happens to everybody all the time because entrepreneurs, especially, they have a lot of things that they want to do. You know, uh, especially if you're good at capturing the things that you want to do, if you're putting them down in a to do list or you're putting down or you're journaling them and you're like, hey, you know what? I really want to write that book. And you keep writing that, but you don't actually make any progress on it. Um, one of the ways I've found to combat that is to theme your time a little bit. So to give your, your time more definition. So like I said earlier about that maintaining mode. Mm -hmm. So from nine to 10 AM, my brain doesn't go. And this is the problem is we've got those two parts of our brain, right? We've got the amygdala, which is like the the primitive part of our brain that only wants to do very little. It, It wants to, it's really, it's all it's meant to do is keep us alive, right? It's, I need to eat. I need to sleep. I need to, it's that fight or flight. It does with, it deals with a very primitive part of our, and then there's the prefrontal cortex. And if you've read Charles Duhigg's The Power of Habit, you can learn a lot about this stuff as well. But the prefrontal cortex is the part of, is the reason. It's like the higher level of reasoning. And so that's the part of your brain that knows I should really be working on this. But the other part of your brain is so powerful. It goes, man, why? You know what? Uh, You'll get to it later. Let's just do this. You know, email. (laughs) Because because email, you get the quick dopamine hit, right? You get like the quick hit of dopamine every time you answer an email or send one. So you feel like you're making real progress. And you are. You're making little bits. But you're not going to make the massive gains if you sit down and write 500 words towards your book, right? So I found one of the things you can do is not only do you have the, the, the benefits of this is if you theme your time. And I know Chris talks about scheduling every moment like he's very ri- But I think there's a problem with getting too particular with that if you're very specific with scheduling, then, so let's say you say check email from nine to 10. For some people that could be too specific, but you Mm -hmm. could say communication, communication between nine and 10 and it opens up a bit more. So then you have a few more varieties of choices. Maybe I'm going to get on the phone. Maybe I'm going to go into social media because that's communication. So you might need to broaden that a bit, right? Which is what I call mode-based work. So I would never really have, um, like I don't really schedule like, Hey, it's time for me to go into email. Instead, I would say, Hey, maintaining mode email falls into that. Social media falls into that, you know, musing mode, planning falls into that, brainstorming, thinking, making, holy crow, what could fall into making a whole bunch of stuff, writing, you know, all Mm -hmm. that stuff. But I think, but that's the thing is that by having that predetermined time, and this is called horizontal theming. So from two to 4 PM, when two o'clock comes, my brain goes, well, what am I going to do now? Ah, It's like, well, hold on. We're going into making mode. That's what we've decided. And we decided that months ago. Okay. Well, what are we going to make then? And then my brain goes, well, I don't know. What's the monthly theme? What's our theme for this month? Oh, it's video. Okay, so what kind of videos can I make? 
And as I look at my to-do list, the making goes from being, you know, like 300 tasks, let's say, down to 20. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, my, so then the, the primitive part of my brain has less to argue with. It's saying, well, we already decided this. It always will try to find a way to make it work. You'll, it's not a foolproof system. Yeah. But <laughs> instead, of, instead of waking up in the morning, which is why I theme my days, like today is my optimization day. So when I wake up on Mondays, as we're recording this, I don't say to myself, what am I going to do today? The question is, what day is it? Which has a pretty clear answer. It's Monday. Okay, what does Monday mean? What have I defined Monday as? Oh, Monday is optimization day. So instead of seeing every task on my list, I can now look at everything that's tagged with optimization. And then if there's 40 of those, I could say, well, what kind of optimization am I going to do towards my monthly theme? Or if you're using like weekly sprints, which I do from time to time, the weekly sprints would override the monthly theme. But let's just say monthly theme. Oh, it's video. Okay, what kind of optimization am I going to do today around video? Well, I've only got five tasks. I'm going to update my tube buddy. I'm going to go into YouTube and make sure that I maybe I'm going to create a video that's going to be an advertisement for my YouTube channel. All of a sudden, it creates a funnel of focus. And and that has been my biggest Um, that's been the biggest benefit is by defining my day and theming my time. It's allowed me to not fall victim as much to that part of my brain that goes, yeah, do it later. I don't really, I know I need, you've got these, you've got these predetermined, uh, themes that kind of give you enough variation of choice, but not to the point where you're so limited. Like, let's say I run out. Yeah. Like, let's say I run out of optimization tasks for video today, right? Let's say I run out of those. Then I just, funnel back out to optimization as, as a whole, right? Mm-hmm. So now all of a sudden I'm down. And then let's say my brain goes, yeah, but you're not feeling too well. Okay, let me look at all my low energy optimization tasks. And then all of a sudden it funnels it. So I always have an argument for this part of your brain. And that's why, so then then it eventually gives up. It will always, like it, it for example, um, I used to have audio and video on the same day because I wasn't doing a lot of video. Mm -hmm. And then I realized that I needed with a video month coming up, I needed to create more, especially after going to conferences. And Chris was at those conferences too. I mean, the social media marketing world and all these conferences say video all day, every day. I'm like, I need to have more time dedicated to video. So I moved video to Tuesday. And now all of a sudden that's my, my, that's my focus on Tuesdays is video. And what's interesting is Tuesday used to be an administrative day, which is like just general administrative work. But I found that by just dedicating one day to it, I was, you know, I was doing very a lot of low energy work on Tuesdays. So I'm I I I create came up with that maintaining mode strip that goes across all seven days of the week. So it's it's it, you you have to again. This is about crafting. Mm-hmm. It's about you know you have to get. It's not like set it and forget it. It's set it. It's testing. It's actually it's classic A-B kind of testing that you would do. For, <laughs> like, OK, is this working? Like, it's a lot of testing because that part of your brain will always go, well, I don't really want to do that. Or I know we should do it. But because that part of your brain doesn't want to do hard work. The prefrontal cortex definitely does. It loves that, that it wants to thrive, whereas the other part just wants to survive. Right. Like that's all it's designed to do. So if you can do that and you don't. And here's the best part, Kelly. Again, remember, I told you that if you don't like you don't have to theme every day of the week. Mm-hmm. It's it's like when people say to me when they are against daily theming, they say, oh, there's no way I can theme my days. I do like a class and pattern, classic pattern break. I'm like, hey, well, when do you do your laundry? 
Like, oh, normally on Saturdays. Well, why Saturdays? Well, the kids are home. I'm like, so do you do a lot of household, like a lot of chores on Saturday? Yeah, yeah. We do like all the like we I go. So you would say that Saturday is the day where you do a lot of household stuff, like a lot of home maintenance and stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, like like and is the family involved? Yeah, yeah. So it could be like even a family day, right? Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So what you're saying is Saturday is a family day. And they're like, yeah. Oh, I'm like, yeah, you're probably already doing it (laughs) to a degree. It's kind of like when people say they can't journal. I'm like, are you on Facebook? Yeah, I'm on Facebook. Like, so you're on Facebook. And you're saying that you can't, don't have time to journal. Well, yeah, because I'm like, do you realize that on Facebook you are journaling for the entire world? And mm-hmm. in fact, wouldn't it be better for some of the thoughts you're putting on Facebook to maybe go inside a <laughs> That's journal that nobody sees? <laughs> right? A lot Wouldn't of those things have, shouldn't yeah. be in the Facebook. Right. So it's, it's about, and that's the thing is like when I said, like shock the system or mess with people's mindsets, it's like they don't, because we were so used to doing things the way that, that that they used to be done or the way we think that there's only one way to do it, or there's a limited amount of ways you have more time than you think. Lao Tzu has this great quote. Time is a man-made construct saying, I don't have time is like saying, I don't want to. That's literally what, so when you say, I don't have time to journal, I don't, I can't theme my days. That's confirmation by showing up again and again, which is part of that primitive part of your brain. Cause it knows, it knows that that's an enemy. So again, like the theme one day of the week, theme a, a block of time, you know, theme a month, start there instead of picking a new year's resolution that, that could fail by the middle of February, which is what happens to most people pick 12 monthly themes. If you want to like, I don't know what monthly themes to pick, pick 12 bad habits that you like to kick <laughs> or look at the 13 virtues of Benjamin Franklin and go, okay, month, month, uh, January is temperance. February is charity. Like you could do all, like there's, there's ways. So instead of spending time looking for the latest productivity tricks online to say, okay, I'm going to theme my months. What are the best things? Like sit with yourself and go, Hey, you know what? March is, I want to build better relationships. What month can I focus on that? Hey, I want to make sure that I've got my video up and running. Like if by giving April my focus on video for 30 days, I'm going to be jumps. I'm going to like breathe new life into my YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's not, it, it, you know, when people say when they get caught up and you will, because we're human, um, if you have this, this weapon of theming your time and mode based work in your arsenal, you're going to be able to fight off that where it says, oh, I know I should be doing this right now, but I really feel sick. Well, then let's just do the stuff that we've decided that we can do when we're sick, because then you still have control. Then you're still using logic and reason instead of letting emotion guide you, right? Because we all know that emotional decisions in business aren't always the best decisions to make in business. Yeah, exactly. Since we are in this topic, I'm sure actually some of my audience now they are screaming out loud in their in their brain. I can just see, as you can see, just it, it pop up the puff. They will say, that's all sound great, but the formal will be playing. Say if I uh, designate that this month for video, for example. Mm-hmm. What, what happened? Then I'm going to miss all other stuff. So here's the thing. When you say a monthly theme, and this is where, again, confirmation bias shows up. So you're saying I can only do video in, in, in April. No, it's your overarching focus. So you're emphasizing focus on it. I would not forsake my podcast during the month of April to focus on video. But what I might do is I might in February record enough episodes so that it's already ready to go right? Or you might write a bunch of blog posts so that you can really focus on video in February. It's about being, you know, again, having that foresight, forward thinking, you know, saying, hey, you know what, I want to make sure that I've got that taken care of in advance. And here's the other thing. And and I see where you're, one of the arguments that comes up too, 
is they'll say, well, I can't start that now. You, you can't necessarily start it all right now. That's one of the things that entrepreneurs and like people in general love to do. They're like, okay, great. I'm going to do it all right now. I'm going to, I'm going to theme all my days. No, when I work with clients, I say, uh, when they say, oh, I'm ready to theme my days. I'm like, okay, let's look three weeks ahead. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, you've already got the next two to three weeks planned. So if I try to tell you to theme your time this week, you're going to go, oh, I can't do it. I can't do that. I can't. And all of a sudden you've got all these ideas in your head, which are again, not necessarily true in the future, but they're true right now because the old you planned to do meetings all day on Fridays, but then maybe three weeks down the road, you see that Fridays are quite open. So maybe Fridays could be the day where you focus on deep work like I do. And then you create a boundary where you're not going to do meetings on Fridays anymore. So whenever I, it's not about start, like you can make the things you can start today, journaling, you could start that to now mm -hmm. capturing better. Capturing in a way where you could see things a little bit clearly as opposed to just writing things down randomly on a post-it note. It's like having a framework. And I use this framework called MAP, which is mode, action, project, and schedule. So when I'm looking at my list of things, whether I'm writing them down on a post-it note or in a day planner or whatever, I can go, oh, here are all my actions. Here's the modes that each action require. Let me group these tasks by mode. So you could start capturing that way immediately. That doesn't take any, 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 um, any real leap other than than just building this little habit of capturing a little bit differently journaling you could do that now but theming your days or theming your months i can't say you know hey theme april because you're already in april but i could say hey you know what what month do you think let's start with your certainties like for me i already know that my kids are out of school in july and august mm -hmm. so i know that I'm not going to do video in July. That would be ridiculous, right? <laughs> I, but I will do things like self-care. So my monthly theme in July is self-care. And by the way, I don't just theme professional. I theme personal too. I'm just about so to I have say, personal. yes. So, so this month, we're April, video is my professional theme, but my personal theme is home improvement. So that's things like, we're going to repaint this office here. My daughter, she already, and the great thing is my kids bought in. So my daughter already knew like in December that in April she was going to get her room done, right? So you, you can theme both. And when, when they both kind of um, meet, so for example, in July, it's self-care month, but that's both for business and personal. So I call that a hybrid theme when they both are in the same month. August is my planning month. Why? Because the kids are out of school. I can plan and I can afford to be interrupted during planning. But also, I start my year in September when the kids go back to school. Mm. So it makes a lot of sense for me to do things like plan my entire from September to August. So, in, you know, in four months, I'm going to four months. Yeah, four months. I'm going to be sitting down going, what do I want next? What do I want October, November, December, all the way through until uh, August 2019? What do I want that to look like? And I already can tell you that probably planning will be again the theme in August 2019. You'll find some patterns. But I'm, I don't say to people, okay, we're sitting down April now. Let's theme April. They, can go, they, they won't know where to begin. But I could say, okay, when are your kids? Do you have kids? Yes. Okay, when are they out of school? Okay, so June and July. You know that. Write that down. Oh, well, Christmas. Do you celebrate Christmas? Yes. Okay, so is Christmas a busy time for you? Do you have a lot of family stuff? Okay, so maybe write that down. Like, So we work it through. And then eventually they come up things with, with like December is going to be relationships month because that's when their family is around. And maybe it's going to be if, if you're like me with my business and productivity and time management, even though I start my year in September, a lot of people start in January. So maybe December for me would be a marketing focus, yes. right? Like I'm going to focus on which, by the way, could fall under relationships, right? 
because it can't. <laughs> so all of a sudden I've got marking so, the you know relationship. I mean? Yes, it is. It is because you know I mean it's about building or maybe maybe December would be community, right? And then you've got your family, which is part of your community, and friends, which are part of your community, and then your audience is part. So you can you can really and then when I look at my calendar and you can see me looking up like I've got a big wall calendar. Like I could tell you. May, my focus is the podcast as well as gardening. We're going to do a whole garden. Like we've got an urban garden here in our yard. So we're going to do more gardening. June is cooking for me because by the time June rolls around, most of the stuff I'll be harvesting in, you know, I'll be, I'll be planning how I'm going to do that. Whereas for uh, my website redesign is happening in June. We're starting that. And it's funny, Chris and I, I was on Chris's podcast uh, a few months ago and we were talking about the rebrand of productivity because we're rebranding. And I think I told you that too, as time crafting, which is what I teach. Yeah. And he thought, he thought I would be done the rebrand in like 90 days. So at, I announced it at, you were there. I announced it in November at the Upreneur summit. And he goes, when will this be done? I'm like, Oh, November of 2018. He goes that long. I'm like, look, I want to make sure I do it right. I want to make sure I do every little. And so you can, you don't have to do it like right away. You don't do everything right away. You can theme one day to start and then go, you know what? I Let's add another one to the mix. Or you could add one. It's not about doing everything all at once because that's not how a craftsperson works. Mm -hmm. It's not how humans work. It's not how habits are adopted. Have you ever tried a New Year's resolution where you're like, get fit? Well, that's huge. If you were to say, I want to run two kilometers a day, that's different. You could probably do that. But I wouldn't start running two kilometers a day, take on a yoga practice, do meditation. That's a lot to, to do. <laughs> no. So you, you just got to add bit by bit and don't, don't start everything today. Start the things that you like journaling, like capturing better, like maybe not relying on the app that you use because the apps come and go. You got to focus on the app within because apps will disappear and apps don't do the work for you. If you are an Evernote user and people who, I bet you there's a bunch of people listening right now that have Evernote and they don't know what they're using it for. Yeah. Or they put everything or they put everything in Evernote, all their paper stuff. And now it's like uh, now it's just organized digitally and it's just the pile's gone. But now it's a pile in, in, in on your debt, in your in your inner on the cloud, you know, yeah. whereas if you, if you go in with a strategy with intention and then you say, how am I going to pay attention to this? Then all of a sudden things are better. But we have to, like I said, slow down. And both, by the way, the two things I mentioned you could start doing now, journaling and capturing better. How are you going to do that better? Slow down. It seems counterintuitive, but when you slow down the right things, things, better things happen, right? Well, I would say that what just, what might just say, uh, if I summarize it, I mean, one, it's about intention, right? And uh, two, it's about, you know, we are so sick tired of now we were in the kind of microwave in our mm -hmm. age but uh, yeah. actually it's all about we had to pay back to the basic uh, basic mm -hmm. is like everything good it takes times and yep. also the habit is really not one from one day to tomorrow uh, i think i have uh, uh, uh the other talk with a lady a couple of ladies came up again in the summit uh and they were they were very gracious because i mean chris celebrated my 50th birthday on stage yes remember that and yep, so I do, I do. Some, some, some lady came to me, so what did you use? I say, what do you make? Say, oh, you bought your skin or uh, what do you do for your, you know, uh, appearance? I was thinking, 
I don't know what to answer because it's for okay as Asians the way we eat we just eat light and then we, mm-hmm. I don't wear much makeup I say that's pretty much it really yeah, yeah. And, but and that's like, for they, the they, long time yeah and they and they can't under, I mean that's the thing is that people always want to know what the magic pill is like what's the what's the silver bullet what's the and it's like look um, I didn't come up with time crafting in in a day. You know, it took it. I mean, I was watching a documentary because I I have a comedic like I was a comedian. I was doing sketch comedy. I did a lot of acting and stuff. And I watched a documentary on HBO about Gary Shandling. And you talked about you've been keeping journals for 30 years. He kept a journal from age of 26 till he died at 66. Wow. And the the documentarian who you would know from uh, movies, Judd Apatow, who created a lot of great comedy movies. He was a protege of Gary Shandling. And he went through 40 years worth of journals. It's a fantastic documentary because there's a lot of internal dialogue. You would never know that this guy was not happy in a lot of ways. But but he uh, there's an article that comes up. There's a headline during the during the documentary. And it says Gary Shandling, the ultimate 14 year overnight success story. 14 years like these things don't just happen, which is, again, why I call it time crafting. It's not about you know, having this and making it work right away. Like an app will not solve this for you right away. You know, there's a reason that bullet journaling and paper planners are coming back. Like there's Kickstarters for these things, right? Because people want to disconnect from the digital and focus more on, the, on they can connect better with themselves when they're sitting with paper, right? And and so I think that that if someone comes up to anybody, like an entrepreneur, no matter what it is, whether it's productivity or whatever, and says, how did you do it? Yes. Um, you, can, you can use their mental models for sure, but you certainly cannot expect to, I mean, uh, when I started with productivity, Merlin Mann was like a contemporary and, and David Allen was like, it, it, we're talking 10 years ago. People come to me now and say, how do I become a successful productivity blogger? I'm like, I don't know, start 10 years ago. Like I, I, I can't really, <laughs> you can't, you can't really track. If you can travel through time and do that, then you've got the market cornered. But it, it's, 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 it's not about, it, it's a very, the reason I, I call it personal productivity, it's very personal. You know, what works for you is not necessarily going to work for someone else. You can experiment, you can test, like I talked about earlier, but there, there are some things that you can do. You have to get better. You have to create some self-awareness. You have to get really, you know, have some self-awareness, figure out what, where to start, work backwards from the things that you're, you know, figure out what you really want. Like I said, intention, and then just know like, okay, how am I going to pay attention to that? Like what, and again, don't do it all at once because you're you're already being pulled in so many different directions by external sources. So you can't if you try to do it all at once, um, even listening to this podcast, you're going to probably want to go back and listen to it. like I might said some of this, but like because you have to let it sit with you, yes. um, which is which is tricky. Like you said, we live in this microwave culture, whereas but but there's a reason why people go out and buy artisanal bread or they'll go and they'll buy. Like, why is Whole Foods popular? Because Whole Foods is talking about like more, you know, more more uh, again more craft like food craft beer like people will buy craft beer over regular beer people craft cola there's something about craft um and it's not something that can be manufactured you have to it takes time exactly so mike well i'm really curious and uh, although i know some answer but i'm just gonna allow you to pitch so just tell us sure. what what people can learn from you is do you have a program or you have I know you have a fantastic freebie uh, but you have some program that you will walk entrepreneurs through the process about their personal time crafting uh, process yep so um, I have a couple of things if you want to just get a primer on uh, and on what I teach 
as well as, you know, we have, I have this thing called the Productivityist Playbook, which is if you go to productivityist.com slash playbook, um, it goes through the basics of time crafting, but there's a lot of other things in there, like how you can deal with your calendar better and all that stuff. It's all in there. Plus you get these plays, like these individual plays where you could start to say, hey, you know what, I'm going to try this thing called the morning letter. I'm going to try, you know, three mail, which is the way I sort email. So uh, that's, that's, I think it's, uh, if you go to productivities.com slash playbook, you can learn about that. But if you want to learn about how I plan my year, no matter when you want to start it, um, I have this course called the Now Year Action Plan course, and that's available at productivities.com slash now year. And then what you could do is it's, it's, I think it's $199 or whatever. And it's, it's, it walks through my, it's got videos and, 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 uh, all that stuff. And it walks you through my yearly planning process, which you could do at any given time. So whether you start your January, uh, you know how there's so many programs out there that, that only are available in December or yes, November. Exactly. Mine's available, mine's available all year round because I think you can start the year you want anytime you want. That's fantastic. We will put all the links uh, in the show notes. So the last uh, question is, Mike, do you have one of those we hear called Godly MBA moments? That means the moments you you figure out that your business is way beyond just transactions. Yeah. Um, I would say that when, it, you know, it happens, it happens, like, it shows up a lot. You know, um, when I get emails from people saying, you know, you've, you've made a huge difference. It's been a game changer. Uh, a gentleman who I coached, he's sending me a package in the mail. I don't know what's in the package. It's supposed to arrive this week. I live on an Island, so it takes a bit longer to get to me <laughs> sending it from New York. Um, I don't know what's there. Uh, you know, like just those little moments. Cause you know, as an entrepreneur, um, and, and I think this was talked about at the, at the Upreneur summit. And I, I took this, I think Colin Gray said this, or one of, I think it was Colin who said like, create a folder in your email. That's called like, um, gratitude or, you know, oh, accolades, or whatever. Yeah. 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 Like a happy folder, because there are moments where you feel like, you know, there's a lot of insecurity and there's, you know, imposter syndrome shows up again. It's that stupid part of your brain that like, you know, why are you doing this? Um, but when you have those moments, I mean, I, you know, I had one guy, I did a workshop in, in California recently where he said it, the only reason he went to a particular conference was to see me. And I'm like, there were some major speed. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, first off, I said, can I get a testimonial? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, then, but then, but then also it was just like, it makes you feel like what you're doing has value. And, um, you know, it's funny. I've been sick for the past three weeks with a cold, but during those moments, you get a lot of perspective and you figure out like, how can I, and, and it, you, as you become a seasoned entrepreneur and you become kind of, you kind of figure things out, it's no longer about what can I do to, make my business better or what can I do? Like it, it becomes more, how can I serve people better? How can I help more? How can I spread my message further? And, and that's, I think the combination of those accolades that show up and they, they show up more. I mean, there's going to be hate too, but mm. they show up more. <laughs> um, and then that perspective, when you step back and again, journaling helps with this too, of how can I like, that evolution of your business, when those two things happen together, I think that's when the, that moment, like those moments continuously show up. But, uh, I think it, it, it's, it's, I, I feel grateful because I did not, if I did not expect to be doing this, I thought that I was going to be, when I started productivityist, I was doing productivity parody. I was making fun of life hacker and things like that. And I ended up becoming the thing I was parodying. I became, you know, and, and, to, I mean, I get to work from home and be around my kids and I can go, you know, 
wherever I want. Like, we, you know, I mean, it's just the fact that, that I can do that. The fact I could go to the Philippines with my wife and give her an amazing vacation and teach people, uh, you know, at Chris's old event, Tropical Think Tank. And like just the, the, the magic that, that happens there, it shows up consistently. And I think maybe if you want that to happen more for you, uh, slow down, like pay attention, like slow down and look around, like take some time to go, wow, you know, because we often get caught up. And when we get caught up in what's going on, we don't, you know, what's that Ferris Bueller quote, quote uh, life, life moves pretty fast. If you don't slow down every once in a while, you might miss it. I think that that's, that's kind of how I feel. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's a big answer to your question, but I think it just shows up continuously, which I think is what keeps me going and keeps me wanting to do better to make, make things better. Well, that's a fantastic, Mike. I want to thank you. Thank you so much for today, your time. I mean, you use, uh, sure that you, you, I mean, you manage to give me a lot of boost today, or shocks, as you say. I think what we, <laughs> learned, what we learned the most today, I think it's really be intentional and slow down and be proud to craft that, that unique craft that, you know, every, that only you, meaning the audience, that each one of you that born to do is not everybody can do what you can do. So thank you so much, Mike. Kelly, thanks for having me. I had a great time. And uh, yeah, if, if people want to learn more and they just want to check out what I've got, uh, go to productivityist.com slash Kelly. Uh, and uh, I've got some stuff lined up there for you. Uh, so you can kind of get a bit of a um, kind of like you said, like a freebie and stuff like that, because I want more people to be able to realize that they do have more control over time over their time that they think and they can have that that idea. Like, how can I slow down? Um, you can, and hopefully what I, what I uh, share with you can help you do that. Yeah. Thank you so much, Mike. Thank you. If you are listening to this podcast, you know you have so many professional skills and expertise, but you feel a bit challenged to transfer it to your online business. If so, you are in the right place. I have prepared several free gifts for you. Just go to kellyballer.com forward slash learn to access. If you are interested to be part of the CCU campus, which is a Christian CEO university campus, visit kellyballer.com forward slash CCU. Again, that's kellyballer.com forward slash CCU. For today's show notes and all the important links we mentioned in this episode, please go to kellyballer.com forward slash zero five three. Again, that's kellyballer.com forward slash zero five three. Hi there. If you have found this episode resonating with you, would you please consider to take a moment and drop a review on iTunes? It will serve a fresh dose of blessings to those of us who work so hard to produce the content week in and week out. And you will also help more fellow Christian CEOs find this podcast. Thank you so much. Remember, you matter. See you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Christian CEO Podcast at www.kellybotter.com.